No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where God tells Joshua to circumcise the sons of Israel who were born in the wilderness. Afterwards, Joshua meets the commander of the Lord's army. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Joshua chapter 5 on Simply the Bible. When we face the greatest challenges, we need the greatest help. There is no help like the help of the Lord. The author of Hebrews tells us, So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Today we see where Joshua became aware of how real the Lord's help is, even as he began to conquer the promised land. We pick it up in Joshua chapter 5. So it was when all the kings of the Amorites who were on the west side of the Jordan and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until we had crossed over, that their heart melted and there was no spirit in them any longer because of the children of Israel. When the two spies met with Rahab the prostitute who lived in Jericho, she confessed that everyone's heart had melted with fear because of how God had parted the Red Sea for Israel 40 years earlier. Now when God stopped up the Jordan River, all the Canaanite kings lost their courage. God had said that he would cause the enemies of Israel to be afraid, and that is exactly what was happening. It is easy for us to become intimidated by people who oppose us, but we don't often consider that they might be afraid of us. This was made very clear to me when I was in junior high school. There was a fellow student in my PE class, and we just got into it. And he called me out after school. Well, I knew that that meant that he wanted to fight. He said, I'll meet you at the playground after school. So I knew I couldn't back down from this. And I went out there after school to meet him. And I waited. And I waited. Probably about 10 minutes after the bell rang, he shows up. And he said, oh, I was just kidding. And he left. And I realized at that point that he was just as scared to meet with me as I was to meet with him. But we don't often think that. When we're scared, we don't often think that others might be more scared than us. Proverbs 28.1 says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Verse 2, At that time the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives for yourselves and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. Now, this seems like an unusual command for an army preparing to go into battle. It would take the men a good three to four days to recover from the surgery of circumcision. In the meantime, they would be sitting ducks, but God was teaching them lessons of faith and obedience. It would take faith to trust that God would protect them, and this would be an act of obedience for God's covenant people. 
So Joshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt, who were males, all the men of war, had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. For all the people who came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people who were men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the voice of the Lord, to whom the Lord swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord had sworn to their fathers that he would give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. Then Joshua circumcised their sons, whom he raised up in their place, for they were uncircumcised, because they had not been circumcised on the way. Now, circumcision was the sign of the covenant that God made with Abraham. It represented a cutting away of the life lived to please the flesh. During the 40 years in the wilderness, the sons born to the Israelites were not circumcised on the eighth day after their birth as God commanded Abraham to do. Before they would be prepared to enter the land of their inheritance, they would need to obey the commandment. It was the mark in their flesh that they were turning away from sin to follow the Lord. It was time for them to celebrate Passover, but the law clearly specified that no uncircumcised male could participate in the Passover feast. Therefore, before they took another step, they needed to take care of this. Under the new covenant, the circumcision that we are called to is the circumcision of the heart, the cutting away of the sinful lusts of our heart so that we may wholly follow Christ. This is our sanctification as God's covenant people. So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their places in the camp till they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore the name of the place is called Gilgal to this day. Now Gilgal means rolling. and They had rolled away the foreskin and they had rolled away the reproach of Egypt. Not everyone agrees on what this rolling away the reproach of Egypt means. Some think it refers to rolling away Egyptian idolatry. Others think that it refers to the way the Egyptians reproached Israel when they failed to go into the promised land 38 years earlier. I see it as simply referring to leaving Egypt behind once and for all. Egypt is a picture of the world. Forty years in the wilderness had proven that it was easier to deliver Israel out of Egypt than to deliver Egypt out of the hearts of the children of Israel. But now Egypt and all it represented was cut away and put behind them. What a miracle it is that our sin, shame, and pain can be rolled away from us and we can be set apart for Christ. This happens when we surrender ourselves to Christ and submit to the knife of His Word applied by the Holy Spirit 
as he puts to death the lusts of our flesh. Thus, our reproach is rolled away and we are prepared to serve the Lord and enter the land of our inheritance. Verse 10. Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. And they ate of the produce of the land on the day after the Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day. Then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land. And the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. They crossed the Jordan River on the 10th of the month. So this was now four days later when, according to the book of Exodus, they were to kill the Passover lamb at twilight. For 40 years, God had miraculously provided manna for them to eat. But now it was the beginning of the barley harvest and they could begin gathering and eating from the fruit of the land. Therefore, the manna stopped permanently. In the early days of our Christianity, God feeds us. He watches out for us and generally makes things easy for us to be established in Him. But, as we mature, he expects us to feed ourselves, to apply what we learn, to resist temptation, resist the devil. Our decisions are not always easy. They require us to be spiritual grown-ups. Recently, I went out to our side yard and we have an old barbecue that we don't use anymore. And I opened up the lid and there were these little five little baby birds. They had just hatched from their egg. In fact, they had more like skin than feathers. And I closed the lid. Well, about a week later, I opened it up again. And now they had grown up to the point that their little heads were sticking up and their mouths were wide open waiting for a worm or something to go into their throats. You know, well, I couldn't help them there, so I closed it again. And then just about a week ago, I opened it up again. And now they were full grown, ready to fly. And actually, when I opened it up, they, they flew away. Now they're gone. But to me, it just shows just this progression, a natural progression of when we have to first be fed ourselves and then later we can feed ourselves. And now Israel had grown up to this point. They had been fed by the Lord in the wilderness for 40 years, but now they were maturing as a nation and could feed themselves on the fruit of the land. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, no, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandal off your foot for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. I think this is one of the most fascinating encounters in the life of Joshua. He looked up and saw a man with his sword drawn. It appears that no one was with Joshua at the time. He bravely approached the man and said, Are you for us or against us? But the man replied, No, I have come as the commander of the Lord's army. 
We believe this was the Lord Jesus Christ in a pre-incarnate manifestation called the Theophany. We also believe that Jesus is the commander of the armies of heaven. So this would be appropriate. Now, Joshua means Yahweh is salvation. The Greek word for Joshua is Jesus. Therefore, these two men whose names speak of God's salvation met. And Joshua immediately became aware that he was actually second in command. How necessary it is that when we face great challenges, we know we are only second in command. We are merely servants of God and bond servants of Jesus Christ. The battle belongs to the Lord. And who can defeat him? What a great encouragement this must have been to Joshua as he prepared to go against the stronghold of Jericho. What could Joshua do but worship? And the man told him to take off his sandal for he was standing on holy ground. It was what God also said to Moses 40 years earlier. When God is leading us to deliver his people, he wants nothing of the world to come between us and him, not even a sandal but we are to stand barefoot on the holy ground of Jesus, our rock, and our commander-in-chief. And we have nothing to fear. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where God gives unusual instructions for how the first city of Canaan is to be conquered. The walls of Jericho fall, but Rahab and her family are saved. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Joshua on Simply the Bible.